0: hey there pastor tony cruz here and i am so excited that you've taken a moment to tune into this podcast i think we could all agree that 2020 did not turn out like we thought it would with all that said as believers we know one thing remains secure the lord is still god we are excited to start our brand new christmas 2020 series called the name 700 years ago, the prophet Isaiah gave us a glimpse into the characteristics of our Savior that was to come. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. As we dive into these four characteristics of God, remember, hope has a name, and His name is Jesus. Let's listen in. You know, we spend much of the holiday season creating our own little winter wonderlands, don't we? You look on the stage, you look in our homes, lights, I love it. It's beautiful, isn't it? I love the lights, even down here in downtown Lewisburg, walking through there or driving through there. It's just, it's beautiful. We make a lot of it, don't we? we? Make a lot of the holiday season. We have Christmas cookies and Christmas cards, lights and decorations and Christmas carols and get-togethers. But what we're really doing is oftentimes looking at just a season. Do we really look at preparing ourselves spiritually for what the season really is about? And I know there's a lot of us that we often look at it and we go, I know Jesus is the reason for the season. And, and that's a great bumper sticker. But most Christians agree that I think we all stand in agreement that Christmas is about Jesus. We understand that Christmas is about Christ. Some want to go with a happy holidays, not to offend anyone. Well, I'm going to offend everybody here. I'm going to say Merry Christmas. (laughs) There's a lot of times that you can't just make everybody happy. So sometimes you just got to say what you feel. And it's not just a holiday, it's a Christmas. And so, honestly, that doesn't seem to be much time really recognizing. Just saying Merry Christmas doesn't really put into picture what it is that we're trying to really bring out of Christmas. And so, honestly, the Bible is very specific, even in the Old Testament, about what Jesus was when he came and who Jesus was when he came. And in fact... As we open up this Christmas series called The Name. Did you know help has a name? Hope has a name. Grace has a name. That name is Jesus. That's just one name of many names. If we were to loop all the names that were given in scripture about the God we serve, it would probably look something like this the names of Jesus and we're just gonna allow that to scroll for a moment there's a lot of names of Jesus there's a lot of names that we give God in our lives and have you said any one of these have you found any one of these to be true he is the light of the world the good shepherd the chief cornerstone He is a lot of things to all of us. And we look upon these names and we go, wow, he is most high. He is the Lamb of God. He's the bread of life. And if you're Italian, maybe you like a little extra bread of life. I like bread too. He's the Redeemer. He's the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the Lord and the Lily of the Valley. He's the Alpha and the Omega. Names and names upon names. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So we look at all these names, and I think for a moment it could be overwhelming. Let's have a 48-part series on the names of Jesus. I thought that may be too long. 52 would make more sense just through the whole year. At that point, Pastor, what is your problem? We're we'll squeezing there a relationship series with a four-parter. Honestly, I'm just going to go down to four. How's that sound? A four-part series beginning this morning on the name, The Wonderful Counselor. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you've seen a counselor ever in your life because for some reason, people have putting a a downside to that. Can I tell you something? You should never be ashamed if you've seen a counselor because we need third-party opinions in our lives. And so... Most of us would agree that Christmas is about Jesus, but we struggle with the fact that God wants to be our wonderful counselor. We know He's there, but you just stay there. I really don't need opinions and thoughts. I can govern myself. And when I need you, Jesus, I'll I'll call on you. How many know that that doesn't work that way? Right? It's Isaiah that calls the Messiah wonderful counselor and it indicates the kind of character that the coming king has and so if you would allow me this morning allow me to just pick apart this uh we're going to be looking at isaiah chapter 9 so if you want to grab your bibles turn to isaiah 9 and verse 6 will be our text for these next four weeks at least our root text the word wonderful in this passage literally means incomprehensible which is another way of saying full of wonder. Full of wonder. Now, wonderful, full of wonder. I could see it. I could see it. But don't we use wonderful very differently sometimes? Like, oh, great. We use it like, oh, that was a wonderful movie. It was a nice movie. It was a wonderful chick flick. Because it's a casual. We in America, we use that word very casually, right? Or even sarcastically. Has anyone ever used the word wonderful sarcastically? Some, some of you, you overused it in 2020. Let's be honest. Oh, wonderful. Right? That kind of identified 2020 for us, didn't it? Oh, great. Wonderful. Great. Fantastic. I love the fact that they're coming to dinner wonderful, or maybe someone that you work with took two weeks off. Maybe wonderful takes a great turn. And you're like, wonderful. Some of you break out in praise in the middle of your workplace. Some dance a little bit. You're like, yeah, they're off for two weeks. They're off for two weeks. Wonderful. So wonderful can take a lot of faces, right? But the word wonderful counselor In this text, the Messiah will cause us to be full of wonder, incomprehensible, unable to comprehend how good he is. Do you see how the sarcastic and even casual approach of wonderful doesn't quite do it when we read it in its context? The Messiah will be full of wonder. He's a wonderful Counselor, So allow me for a moment to talk about wonder and that wonderful, that incomprehensible. But I also want to take a look at what that awesome, wonderful is used in the, in the scriptures. The same word wonderful is actually used in Isaiah, uh, excuse me, in Judges chapter 13, verse 18. When Manoah, Samson's father, asked the Lord what his name was was wonderful. The angel of the Lord responded, why do you ask my name seeing that it is wonderful? In other words, why do you ask my name since it is beyond your understanding? When God says I am a wonderful counselor or Isaiah prophesied that God is a wonderful counselor, he's saying he is beyond comprehension. He's so good you won't get it. Not fully. He's so good to you, you won't see all of it. How many of you have ever realized God was good to you, but then when you look back, you said, he has been so good to me? And then you look down the line, and he was so, so good to me. As time passes, you start to realize the value that God is to each of us. Wonderful he is. Somebody say, he's wonderful. See, Jesus demonstrated how wonderful God was. And allow me, because I'm, I'm picking apart wonderful a little bit, and I'm defining that, and then we're going to look at counselor for a moment. So allow me for a moment to look at what wonderful looks like. Wonderful looks like this. His con- his uh, conception, the womb of a virgin in Matthew one twenty three. That was, say it with me. And, and his power to heal in Matthew 4.23 was... His amazing teaching in, in Mark chapter one was his perfect life was his resurrection from the dead is See, wonderful is beyond comprehension. How many of you biologically understand all that it takes to resurrect someone from the dead? Anybody? Nobody. Why? It is incomprehensible. But with God, all he had to do was look in Lazarus' direction. That's the wonderful I'm talking about today. See, So when I'm talking about wonderful counselor, hear me. Friends, listen, whether you're here or online or on a podcast, hear me when I tell you right now that when I say he is a wonderful counselor, it's not a statement of faith, friend. For me, it's a statement of fact. I've seen it in my life. He's left me speechless. Has he left you speechless ever in your life? Have you ever stepped out in faith and said, God, I'm going to step out like this, and God just met you, and you're like, What? he's a wonderful wonderful God somebody say he's a wonderful counselor see Jesus is kind of wonderful and superior personality and person supersedes anything that we can comprehend for he is perfect in every way Isaiah 33 2 says this Lord be gracious to us we long for you Be our strength every morning, our salvation in time of distress. Anybody ever felt that way? Let me kind of bring salvation to the forefront here. Because if we look at salvation in time of stress, we realize that that salvation was spoken of 700 years before Jesus hit this earth. If this doesn't paint the picture of what we need today in the year 2020, I don't know what that. He needs to be our salvation. He needs to be our source. Amen? See, Isaiah was an Old Testament prophet which was born in Jerusalem and chosen by God to speak on his behalf. And Amazingly, Isaiah lived around 700 years before Jesus was even born and through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit brought to us the book of Isaiah and was able to predict with pinpoint accuracy how Jesus was going to be. Jesus, our wonderful counselor. So in this verse, the original Hebrew word for salvation, the word salvation is Yeshua, which means saving. It means help. And it's also the name of Jesus. Friends, he's a wonderful, a wonderful what? A wonderful counselor. He is salvation. He is hope. He is help. He is our source. Amen. As we look at this series, this is just part one. And as I begin to unpack this, I want us to understand where we're going with our text. I want us to kind of understand that when Isaiah wrote the 700 years before Jesus walked this earth He was placing a character emphasis on who our Messiah would be. Look at me for a moment. I need you to understand how important it is that he has a wonderful counselor. Because some of us had not so wonderful counseling. How many of you, by show of hands, have ever went to somebody for advice and they gave you the worst advice you've ever heard in your life? Some of y'all put your hands up way too fast. Right? Now, put your hands down for a moment. I want to ask you a question, and those of you online, join us. Just put a hand out there. Just find an emoji with a hand. What if you're in this room today or listening online, and what if you've ever gotten, have you ever gotten unsolicited counsel? You ever said something, and someone said something so dumb that you won't even consider it to be counsel. You're saying, in the back of your head, you're saying, that was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I am now dumber for having heard it. And may God have mercy on your soul. Isaiah painted the picture of the Messiah being a wonderful counselor. No, 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 no. no. An incomprehensible counselor. A saving counselor. Hundreds of years, Isaiah prophesied. I love coming across verses like this because it just strengthens my faith that much more of my faith can be put into what I believe because I can help others believe that Jesus can have a plan for you even if you don't get what he's doing right now. A show of hands, how many of you didn't understand what God was doing right now in your life? Maybe it's right now, maybe it's once upon a time. Some of you are like, I'm, I'm getting a lot of interaction here, Pastor Tony. I'm tired. Don't make me raise my hand too much. It's just the way I keep you, I keep you fit, ready to go. We're going new year. you. <laughs> Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. So when we feel weak, we can call upon Jesus. When we feel weak, we can call upon our wonderful, Incomprehensible, full of wonder, counselor. My goal is to be a better counselor every, every every time I meet with someone, my goal is to get better so that when I meet with the next person, I can do it better. And and I look at counseling as such a very important part, but there's so many people that look at it as a shameful moment. Like I'm seeing, I'm seeing a counselor. You're seeing you know a what? I'm sorry, I don't hear. A counselor, all right? A counselor. We're seeing a counselor. <gasps> you're what? <laughs> Can I tell you, friend? I, I, want, I want you to hear something. You need a counselor. Amen. Everybody needs a counselor. Amen. And if you're ashamed of having a counselor, shame on you. Because we all need a voice outside of our own. He who only listens to his own voice has a fool for a leader. Some of you just got that, right? (laughs) If the only voice you listen to is your own, you have a fool of a leader. There is great, great value in having somebody that has no interest or rather vested interest. In other words, You and your spouse may not see eye to eye, or you and somebody else may not see eye to eye, and you have that human resources. We never want to involve human resources kind of thing. I don't want to get in trouble at work or whatever. No, listen, it's better to work it out and move forward than just sweep stuff under the rug. Because how many know that? Come on, anybody with kids? Enough stuff under the rug, eventually you'll see it. Right? You want to know if a room is clean? Move the bed. Right? Come on, parents. You want to know if a room is clean. Not what you see is what you don't see. You want to, oh, it looks good. Let's move the bed. Wait, 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 Dad. I need 10 more minutes. I said, no, I already seen under there. You need 30 minutes. (laughs) And then we'll get to the closet, right? Dad, whatever you do, the room is clean. Just don't open the closet. You might die. Everything might fall on you. I'm on a rabbit trail. Let's move on. If you sweep stuff on the rug, you won't grow. Friends, listen. Jesus came to be a wonderful counselor. He's our Savior, our loving Savior. Amen? Let's take, let's take a peek quickly at Isaiah 9.6. For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You want to know what our next four weeks are going to look like? There it is. Wonderful Counselor. Next week, Mighty God. The following week, Everlasting Father, Christmas Eve, Prince of Peace. These next four weeks, what we're going to look at is that we're going to look at the character of God. And as we look at Wonderful Counselor, we look at the term counselor, and, and it can be defined like this. Watch this with me. Someone that offers guidance and encouragement from an outside perspective. Is that a good definition? Anyone here ever benefit from someone that gave great advice? Yeah, wonderful advice. Well, you, you benefited from outside encouragement and outside perspective. One of the things that I often say if I'm meeting with someone, and I didn't quite see it that way. If you say that in a counseling session, can I tell you the counselor oftentimes can sigh, just a sigh of relief. Because... Counsel after counsel after counsel. One of the hardest things for any counselor is to counsel someone and they don't take you up on your counsel. Thank you, pastor. That was wonderful. And they go out and do the exact opposite of what you told them to do. And they're like, that was great. I'm like, really? You could have fooled me. You didn't quite see it like that, but yet you decide to still go back to the way you were or the way you believed. I know that many times before and after becoming a pastor, I still have people that I go to. I ask advice. People above me. Listen, any pastor who cannot ask someone for advice be very leery about leadership under them. I rely on my team, the people around me, for different things. I have pastors that I can call at any moment's time, and they will take my call. And I'll say, I need your help. Why? Because God has put a comforter on this earth. And he uses people to help his people. Amen? Amen. He says, I won't leave you alone. I'll bring, you, I'll, I'll bring to you and I'll offer to you a, a, a comforter. And that counselor is often that. And so... Uh, here's how the bible defines counsel. Can I just share these thoughts with you really quickly and I'm going to actually I'm going to have them on the screen here. A lot of these are found in proverbs because there's great wisdom there. And so, um, here's a few verses I found in proverbs that I want to share with you. Proverbs 12:15 reads like this. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a man a wise man listens to advice. Proverbs 11:14 Where there is no guidance a people falls. But in abundance of counselors, there is safety. Yes? That's good stuff. Here's Proverbs again, 15, 22. Without counsel, plans fail. But with many advisors, they succeed. Proverbs 24, 6. For by wise guidance, you can wage your war. And in abundance of counselors, there is victory. Why? Because your angle's not the only angle. guess what? Your idea, not always the best idea. I know, newsflash, we don't always have the best ideas. But when you have many counselors, people that you can talk to, great things happen. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about a counselor is a source, wonderful counselor. A counselor is a rock. A counselor is a help. The Old Testament declaration refers to as wonderful counselor. A counselor is a trustworthy source. Seeing a counselor should never be thought as a burden, but a step in the right direction. Amen? Amen? Amen. It's wise. In fact, the Bible declares you wise if you seek counsel. Not just wounded, because we define ourselves as wounded when we see a counselor. Pastor, I'm hurt. And, And oftentimes we come to the counselor when it's almost too late. Come on, I'm going to say that again. We often go to the counseling when it's too late. And we think this is a last resort. Last resort, let's see a counselor. Friends, we should have been praying. It should have been the second thing you did. Praying should have been the first. And seeking wise counsel should have been the second. This should have been something you did a long time ago. If you do it in marriage, when you're about to sign the papers, well, before we sign the papers, let's go to counseling. There's a good chance that so much damage has been done. I'm not saying it's not not repairable. I'm saying to you it's going to be more of an uphill battle. It's going to be more of an incline. Don't be afraid of counsel, friends. Don't be afraid of counselors. Now listen, I will say this. Be leery about secular counselors that offer other things outside of yourself that is unbiblical. Okay? I find great refuge in Christian counseling. Someone that has a biblical worldview that understands where their limitations lie. Where they end and God begins. Right? See, a secular counselor, while they could be a good person or a good counselor and well well uh, documented, they can have all the stuff on their walls, the wonderful, all these degrees and all these different, uh, you know, letters after, before and after their name, right? But guess what? If their view is secular, their counseling is also. So I'm not saying that secular counselors don't help. I know secular counselors can help. But there are some that go outside of what they can do, where I'm saying there's a point where we have to say, God, step in. And that's a biblical worldview. Amen? Amen. How many believe that? And if you don't, start to because it's true. (laughs) Second Corinthians chapter (laughs) 1. If you don't like it, eat it anyway. That's what my grandma used to say. Anyway. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those In any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves receive from God. What does that mean? You are comforted to be a comfort. Hello? I'll say that again. You are comforted to be a comfort. You are blessed to be a blessing. You are giving counsel so you can counsel others too. Everything you go through can be used and reused. Okay, I'm not going to ask you for a show of hands, but... Some of you, some of us, some of us listening, you've re-gifted before. Not, I'm not going to ask you for a show of hands. But you've re-gifted because you realize I can't use this or so I have three of these. And so you turn around and you give it to somebody. Oftentimes what happens is we dismiss. Instead of pushing that and giving it to somebody who could use it, we chuck it. In other words, you walk into a room like this and you say, well, I don't need counseling, so this message is not for me. That's like taking a brand new gift somebody gave you and throwing it in the dumpster. Why not take it and say, you know what? I know somebody that could use this, right? I have, I have a toaster. I have this. I have that. Somebody gives you a brand new one, gives it to you. You know somebody that's struggling. Their toaster just broke. Their whatever just broke. Their car is in the fritz, and you got a brand new one. You're blessed to be a blessing. What if God blessed you so you can be a blessing? As insane as it would be to throw away something brand new someone just gave you, it would be insane to walk into this room and think that somehow what I'm saying to you, even though you don't need it, that somehow you can't use it. What you need and what you can use are two different things. Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Because there's a lot of times we can can hear things and we can think, oh, that's not for me. And there's even that moment where you sit in the room and you go, wow, this person should have been here this morning. I think they could have really used that. (laughs) Proverbs 1.5, let the wise listen and add to their learning that they can discern and get guidance. There's a lot of verses I have here, Hebrews 2. Therefore, in all things, he had been made like his brethren, that he might be merciful and faithful high priest in all things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. God created the opportunity for us to be forgiven. And that in himself he suffered being tempted. He's able to aid those who are tempted. He himself suffered so he can help those that are suffering. He himself was tempted so he can help. Listen, Jesus is that example for us. Jesus isn't just telling you, be, be blessed so you can be a blessing. He says, I was hurt so I can help the hurting. Are you hearing this? Jesus himself didn't just tell you. No, he didn't just say, do as I say. Hello? He actually did it. He suffered. And he said, I'm going suffer- to experience the suffering. He himself has suffered being tempted. He is able to aid those who are tempted. How could I know what it's like if I haven't went through it? Now listen, as a counselor, as a pastor, as a minister, look at me. I want us to understand something. I find it very difficult and I try to be very careful in how I use these words. I know how you feel. Friend, don't use that unless you know that you know, that you know how that feels. Because that could be the most damaging. It could make you so incredible. Does that make sense? It could hinder and stop you from being able to be a blessing to someone when you say the words, I know how you feel. No, you don't. There's a good chance you don't. There were moments in my life someone walked up to me and they meant well. You you mean well. Oftentimes, nine times out of ten, the person that says that means well because they experienced that to some degree, and that's what they mean. But friend, when you're going through it, last thing you want to hear is, I know how you feel because now my feelings don't matter because it's about you. So can I offer you wonderful counsel? (laughs) Don't say those words unless you really know what they feel like. Is this helping anybody? Two thoughts, and I'm going to end with this. Because we have a wonderful counselor, we have access to the mind of Christ. Isn't that good news? We have access to the mind of Christ. And here's what I'm talking about. Philippians 2.5 says, let the mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. You know what? Paul is saying to the church of Philippi, you have access to the mind of Christ. So let this mind be in you that is in Christ Jesus. Change your mind. Access that mind. Yes? How many of you ever were looking for a file and you could not find it, and then you remember it's in a hard drive? It's in a thumb drive. And you go and you find that thumb drive, you you put it into your computer, and a little window pops up, you open it up, and there it is. Anybody ever had those moments? And you're like, "Whoo!" Right? Some of you are like, I don't even know what you're talking about. That's okay. Pretend you found the shoe in your closet when you were in there. Same difference. Okay. What I'm saying is there was, access, there was an access point now that wasn't there before. What Paul is saying to the church of Philippi is plug in and access the mind of Christ. And this mind of Christ is this, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man. What is he saying here? He's saying this, Jesus has the focus of the father in mind and made himself of no reputation because it's not about his rep but his rep that matters and his mind should be that of Christ Jesus and so should ours my second thought is simply this access to transformation and renewal Romans 12:2 simply this do not conform Here's a disturbing. Are you ready? This caught my eye. And, and after 20 plus years of studying the Bible, I never saw this, these two words quite like I saw it this week and looking at this. Do not conform. What are the next two words? Any longer. Who is he talking to? Is he talking to non-believers? No. He's talking to believers that have lost their transformational mindset so in other words have you lost your mind have you lost your transformational mind <laughs> but he says do not conform any longer friends this is a whole sermon and I don't I'm going to be I'm, I'm, being, I'm afraid of working this thing too long but any longer Do you know what that means? That there were some believers that had started down a path to think like the world. And Paul had to take out his pen or whatever it is that he wrote with and and pen this thought. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Stop it. If we are to make a difference in this world, if we're going to follow this wonderful counsel of God, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. We have access to a transformed mind. Believer, hear me when I tell you this. Do not conform any longer. Don't think this world is worth two seconds of your time. Are you with me? So let me ask you this question. Romans 12.3 says, For by grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. And when you refuse God's wonderful counsel, it's often because we think we're we're above that. Instead, humble yourself enough to say, I need advice that's beyond me. I need a third party to speak into my life. Don't ever think for a moment that having a third voice that is of godly influence, I and mean need less than, and in fact, it, it benefits you, and it grows you as a believer. Amen? So in this holiday season, as we look at it, it's great to reflect on this uh, what, what the windows, window of Advent leading up to Christmas. It's about preparation. It's about preparation. And so we find ourselves looking at what this looks like. And so allow me for a moment to ask you one question. Are you ready? And here's this last slide. Hit me with this last slide. Are you a wonderful listener? Are you a wonderful listener? Listener. Most of us can't say yes, right? I'm a really good talker. I'm a really good singer. I'm a really good this. We can say a lot of different things. But not everybody can say I'm a wonderful listener. Right? Not everybody can say that, but there's benefit in that. So hear me when I ask you this question and let it be a response to you today. Am I a wonderful listener? Can I ask you right where you are to bow your heads with me? Lord, for all those that are struggling, for all those that are finding themselves at a place where they're not sure where to go in their lives, they're finding themselves stuck, can I ask you, O oh God, to find that place help them find their source, their rock, their fortress. God, I'm asking you today that you would be our wonderful counselor. That you would be our incomprehensible, full of wonder counselor. God, today, For all those that are struggling in their relationship and their finances and they trying to find someone to help be their source of strength, may they first lean on you. You're a wonderful God and a wonderful counselor. I'm asking you today in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus, that we would find that you are a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father and a prince of peace, that your name is above all things wonderful. Lord, we love you today. And as we look at this Christmas season, may we find that in and of ourselves we are unable to attain holiness that pleases you. So today, may my heart, my life, and my offering be one that brings you pleasure. Be that voice, that wonderful voice. Counsel. Lord, may we reflect on this year and realize that with you, all things are possible. Be with every family and every person. The sound of my voice they would trust and know that you are the God of all nations you are the God of all creation and that you're coming back again we trust you today mighty God everlasting father prince of peace and of course wonderful counselor in Jesus name we pray